Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor David Hall. If you'd like to find out more about David or to keep up to date with his ministry, you can visit davidhall.com.au. We hope that you enjoy the message. I want to just share for just a few moments and uh, out, of the book of, out of the book of Acts. And if we can turn together, please, the book of Acts in the third chapter. I want to speak this morning, I guess, I guess the title of my message would be The Power of Pentecost, because cause I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm glad I'm a Pentecostal. I don't know how you can read the book of Genesis through Revelation and not believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, he, the Holy Spirit was there just at the moment when Jesus said, let there be light. He turned the lights on and they've been on ever since. And uh, we haven't had to pay the bill either. It's already been paid by the goodness of God. But I believe in the power of the Spirit of God. The Bible is very clear. I don't know how you can believe the Word of God and not believe that He wants to fill you with His Spirit, that He wants to empower you to serve God and to see this planet shaken by the power of heaven. And I'm a Pentecostal. I was raised Pentecostal. I'm going to die Pentecostal. I believe in the Spirit of God. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And this morning, I want us to have a look here. And uh, we'll we'll start here and and just sort of see where we end up. But let's have a look at Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. And it says this, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Somebody say Beautiful. To ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting, somebody say expecting, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, have I none? But such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Can I tell you what's quite amazing is if the story finished right there, the man would still be lame. He prayed the prayer of faith. He spoke the word over the man's life. And then it says here in verse number seven, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, somebody say immediately. You could say like this. You could say suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. It says suddenly his feet and ankle bones receive strength. I mean, there is all there is faith, and there's an action, isn't there? The Bible says in James that faith without works, faith without action, is dead. Being itself alone, we can confess and speak. But every time we confess the name of Jesus, speak the name of Jesus, He'll give you an opportunity to step into the realm of faith and believe God and do something that may require stepping out, putting yourself on the line. But man, can I tell you, God always comes through. He's a good God. Anyway, I need to keep preaching because I've got a lot to tell you and, and I'm excited. It says, so He leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking leaping, praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I love this 
passage because there are two things that I want to, I guess, draw from it. And my, 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 my message title, my subject, talking about Pentecost. And, and I want to have a look at this because Peter makes a statement that I believe with all of my heart is profound and it is, I guess, a principle that we can build in our lives to do the impossible under the hand of God. And he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Somebody say, such as I have. There's a lot of Christians that don't realize who they are and who they carry. You know, you and I, we have a such as we have. We have the name of Jesus. We have the Word of God. We have the power of the Holy Ghost. And you know, sometimes you might feel like you're a minority. You might feel like you're flying solo in this walk of faith. I've got good news for you today that you are not alone. You are plugged into the power and the anointing of the one who brings healing and change to impossible situations. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have. This, this amazes me because in the same city, in the same, possibly in a very similar proximity of space, Peter, six weeks earlier, was asked, do you know this man Jesus? He said, no. Do you know this man Jesus? He said, no. Do you know this man? No, I don't know him. He denied Jesus three times. I know to backslide once is not ideal, but to do it three times in one day, that's a bad day. And I love how Jesus restores him. If you really love me, you'll feed my sheep. If you really love me, you'll feed my sheep. If you really love me, you'll feed my sheep. For every bad thing you do, every time you get it wrong, there's goodness and mercy to help you get it right. There's a grace to help you get back. The Bible says the righteous man falls seven times, but what he, he gets up. Some people stay falling down. I want to tell you, you can get up because we serve a good God. Now, I want to have a look at this today. Why, why did Peter go from being, I mean, Peter did some strange things. I mean, he was a champion, but he definitely did some strange things. He denied Jesus. He, one day, he's, he's talking to Jesus and he tells Jesus, how about you don't go to the cross? Now, I don't know about you, but as far as bad advice goes, I think that takes the cake. I mean, I mean, and Jesus turns around to him and says, get thee behind me, Satan. I don't know about you. I've been called some bad things in my time. I've never been called the devil, especially by God. I mean, you know you're having a bad day when that happens. I mean, one day, Jesus is in the garden and some people come to, to try and arrest him. And so Peter picks up a sword and chops a bloke's ear off. Now, I'm sure Jesus was, and I can't speak for him, but he must have sort of taken some joy in that. Just, just because Peter was so loyal, you know, there, there's that. But, but the poor guy's ear came off. And so Jesus had to pop it back on. But we don't know. Scripture has not made it clear. We assume he just took the ear and put it on. But we don't know that. It might have been a whole new ear, which would have meant there was still an ear on the ground. In my, in, in my little mind, and it may be just a warped Australian thing, I kind of hoped that there was the ear left on the ground because I thought that maybe the guy who lost his ear could pick up his ear. He could go around from place to place, play a bit of piano using his ear. And then people would say, brother, how did you get so good at playing the piano? He could say, it was easy. I played by ear. But maybe that's a, 
Maybe that's a stupid thing to say in Sunday morning church. But how did Peter go from being Peter the meek to being Peter the mighty? How did he go from being Peter, the guy who got it wrong, who had some victories but had some bad days? How did it, what changed? Well, we're going to have a look at this for just one moment. Can we turn to the book of Acts chapter, actually Luke chapter 24, and then we'll jump to Acts. We'll do this quick. Matthew, Mark, Luke. If you hit the book of Concordance, you've gone too far. Turn left. Luke chapter 24. Man, I, the, the, can I just say this? This is, it, if I was told I could only preach one thing for the rest of my life, it would be this. I mean, other than preaching to get people born again and saved by the grace of God, there to me, this is the most exciting thing that the body of Christ can hear. And, and, and it's simply this, Luke chapter 24, verse 49, it says, and it's in red, so it's the words of Jesus. He says, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Somebody say that, you is me. He says, but go and tarry or wait in Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed or, or, or baptized with power. Somebody say power. Power from on high. The promise of the Father. That, that, that's the Holy Ghost. He promised. He, said, he, he says, you, you're going to receive some, not some things, someone. I mean, that someone's going to bring some things, but the someone. Is, there's a lot of people that want the power of God and they want the presence of God, uh, of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know something? My best friend is the person of the Holy Spirit because he's real, he's alive. He, he moves in your world. You can talk to him. You can spend time with him. You can drive your car and pray in the Holy Ghost. But he says, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. I want to say this first. He's not talking to a bunch of non-believers. He's talking to his followers, his disciples. He's talking to Christians. He's saying, go and wait in Jerusalem for an experience with the Spirit. Some people say, well, I got that when I was born again. You got the Holy Spirit under salvation. He indwelled you on the inside. But there is a second experience called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it's, not, it's, and it's not something for some and not others. I believe every Christian. Come on, does anyone believe that this morning? Every believer should be filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Spirit. So he says, go and wait in Jerusalem. Now let, let, let's, ha let's have a look at this. Let's turn to Acts chapter 1. Let's go from verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they'd come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power. Somebody say power. When the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He says you shall receive power. That is 
dunamis power from which we get the word dynamic or, or dynamite. He says, you shall receive the dynamite of God. On the, on the inside of you, clothed, baptized, you'll be filled with the power of God. And he, and he, he says this, he says, and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You say, what does that mean? Let me put it in a a 2011 context. He's saying you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and be witnesses to me in, in Fort Worth, in Texas, in America, and to the ends of the earth. I tell you, this power is not so we can walk around looking spiritual and having a Bible big enough to choke a kangaroo. This power has come on you so that you can make a difference on this planet so that we would see America shaken from the White House to the crack house, from the prison house to every house. I tell you, this nation will be shaken by the fire and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But do you know it's not going to happen one day by chance. It's going to happen when you and I hook up with the Holy Ghost, when you and I hook up with the power of God, because He says, I will pour out my Spirit. Oh, Jesus. I thank God I'm standing in a church today that believes that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What He did 2,000 years ago, He can do in this room. When He walked the shores of Galilee, healing and delivering and setting free, He's still doing right now in America. Oh, Jesus. Let's have a look. One more passage, then we'll preach. This is just the introduction. Sometimes they go a bit long and the other bit gets shorter, but we'll see what God does. Acts chapter two, verse one, my favorite, my favorite passage in the Word of God. He says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Before I go on, can I ask you this? Has your day of Pentecost fully come? Have you had an encounter with the Spirit of God? Have you been baptized with the Holy Ghost? When the day, man, I remember my day of Pentecost. I was sitting in church one, one Thursday night and a preacher was preaching. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown from Florida. He was preaching. I was sitting on the front row I was, and he said, you lift your hands to heaven. I lifted my hands to heaven, fell out under the power of God. I got up. The problem is English never came out. It was a whole new heavenly language. And you know what? I've spoken it fluently ever since. He says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, They're all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, suddenly they can. I love the suddenlies of God. The Bible says here, he he stretched out his hand in Acts 3 and immediately and suddenly his ankle bones. The Bible says, Malachi, the God whom you seek shall come suddenly to his temple. The Bible says Paul and Silas were in prison. It was midnight. They were about to be killed. And the Bible says it was midnight. They were singing hymns and and praising God. Can I tell you, the Bible said just after that, it was at midnight and suddenly there was an earthquake. The chains fell off every prisoner. You might be sitting here this morning saying, you know what? I don't feel like praising God today. I've had a bad day. I've had a bad morning. My cat bit me on the way to church. You come in here and, and, and the worship's going, you're kind of like, do you, know, do you know, I believe I have an obligation to praise God. Can I tell you why? If not for me, if not for me, maybe my praise 
might break a chain off my neighbor. Maybe my praise might break a chain off. You know, do you know something? Don't, don't let a suit and a nice hairdo fool you. The person you're sitting next to may be so bound up just by life, by junk. And all it's going to take is your praise to unlock that thing and see him set free and delivered by the grace of God. There's a suddenly of God. You might be in this place sick in your body today. Suddenly. He says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared under them cloven tongues like as a fire. One sat upon each of them and they were all filled. It doesn't say somewhere or one of nine gifts of the Spirit. He says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Can we talk about this for just a minute? I don't know what it was like in that upper room, brother. I have no idea. I was not there. I wish I was, except I can tell you, we can have an upper room moment in a place like this right now. But you know, I wasn't there, but this is what I, I've been thinking a bit about it. I don't know what it was like, but I've always tried to picture it because Jesus said to his disciples, he said, go and wait in Jerusalem until you're endured with power from on high. You know what people don't realize? That was the last sermon Jesus ever preached. His last message was the message of Pentecost. The last message was you need to be filled with power. Somebody say, did Jesus speak in tongues? We don't know. We're never told that he did, but he certainly preached about it. He certainly said, go and receive power. He said, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. In my name, they'll speak in new tongues. Jesus preached this Pentecostal message. Jesus believed in it. Can I, let, 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 me, let me take this just a, a little bit deeper for, for, for a minute. Can we, can we go a little bit deeper for, for, for a second? Now, now, now this is what you've, you've, you've got to understand, that Jesus was not the only preacher of, of the Pentecostal message. Did you know? And I'm going to get you to turn in your Bibles to a book that you may not know is a book in your Bible that you can read and learn from. But you're going to be, you might be amazed by this. I want you to turn with me, please, the book of contents. Seriously, seriously, it's, it's just here, it's a table of contents. And uh, turn, turn there, if, if you have your Bible or if you have your iPad, turn with me, please. I want to show you something. There's a list of all the, the books in the New Testament. It's a very powerful book. I guarantee you, I, I'm pretty sure that You may never have heard a message from the book of contents before. Contents, chapter 2, the New Testament. It says this. It says says that Matthew, there's a book called Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Rome. Now, the, the book of Matthew was written by Matthew. Matthew was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. The Bible said they were all filled and began to speak in tongues. So Matthew, tongue talking Pentecostal. Mark. 16, he was the one that wrote the words of Jesus under the anointing of the Spirit. These signs will follow them to believe. They'll speak in new tongues. So he certainly proclaimed it and echoed it. Luke, he was the eyewitness to Jesus. He was there on the day of Pentecost. He wrote the book of Acts. He was there in the book of Luke. He, he saw, he experienced, he was in the upper room. They were all filled. He was one of them. We have a look here at John. John was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Acts, of course, was Luke. Then you have Romans. First, Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1, 2, Thessalonians, 1, Timothy, 2, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, and probably Hebrews, all written by the great apostle Paul. However, he wasn't there on the day of Pentecost. But the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 9 that he was on his way to Damascus to do bad things to good people, and there was a light from heaven. He was slain in the Spirit. I mean, he had an encounter with God. 
I mean, you know you've had an encounter with God. When you, when you come to God, you can see perfectly the power of God hit you. How was it? Man, I'm blind. Man, that must have been powerful. I mean, you know it was powerful when the S falls off your name and it, be, it, appears, it just appears there. I mean, that's a serious encounter with God. He, how was church today? John, no, no, right now it's Pon. I mean, we've had a, we've had a, we've had a good day. Now, now, so, so the power of God's flowing and touching him. And, 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 but he wasn't filled with the Spirit at that point. The Bible says later on in the book of Acts that Ananias prayed for him. And that's when he got his sight back. Scales fell off his eyes, as it were, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul he writes in the book of Corinthians, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all or y'all. He was, he was Texan. James, upper room of the day of Pentecost. First and second Peter, he preached at Pentecost, written by Peter. One, two, three, John. John was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. He's the one that said, I was in the spirit. On the Lord's day, he'll tell you by reading Revelation that it was laid out under the power of God as God began to speak to his heart. Can I tell you, if you're going to come to church on the Lord's day, there's a lot of people that come with religion. They come with issues. They come with stuff. The Bible says, come as you are. But I believe as we are mature believers in Christ, we should come in the Spirit on the Lord's day, get into church full of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and Jude was written by Jude he was in the upper room he also said build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost and then John of course in Revelation so what I'm trying to tell you is every single writer of the New Testament believed in this stuff they were Pentecostal you know who else was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost Mary the mother of Jesus all over the world people are going to light candles to Mary right now in church she doesn't need a candle lit. She had a big one on her head on the day of Pentecost. She had the Holy Ghost and fire. She was a tongue-talking Pentecostal. I mean, sometimes when you put it that way and think, Mary was one of us. I mean, some, I think it's so exciting. But anyway, let me, let me just preach for a minute. It says, it says this, that, that, that they were in the upper room. And the Bible says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing wind. It filled the whole house. I don't know what it was like there, but I wonder if Peter's sitting there and Matthew's sitting there and James and Jude and, and uh, I, I have no doubt that I'm sure Lazarus was there. I'm sure the woman with the issue of blood was there. I, how could they not be there? I mean, I mean they, 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 would have, they wouldn't have missed it for the world. And so Peter's sitting there with this, is just how I imagine it. And, and, and Matthew's sitting there and they're all sitting there. And Peter says, how you doing, Matthew? And Matthew says, doing fine, Peter. And suddenly they hear this wind from heaven. I mean, I mean, mega wind. And then Peter says, Matthew, what do you think that was? And Matthew says, Rupa Shakarabusta. And then Peter says, Ripa Papashanda. And Thomas says, You guys in the flesh. And, and, and you guys are faking. This is just, I, I mean, you're just, you're being fanatical. And then even Thomas, he's now starting to speak in tongues. He, he said, I doubted that for quite some time, but fair enough. And so the Spirit of God starts moving in that place. There's fire on their head. They're speaking in tongues. They're drunk in the Spirit. And you know the beautiful thing about this passage? I just wonder if maybe while they were in there, before they hit the streets of Jerusalem, I wonder if maybe the woman with the issue of blood came up to Peter as this was happening and said, Peter, this is the same power that I felt when I touched the hem of his garment. I, I, I wonder, 
I wonder if Lazarus comes up to Peter and says, Peter, this is the same power that I felt when Jesus stood outside the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. I wonder if Bartimaeus said, hey, Peter, and they said, we're over here. Hey, Peter, this is the same power that I felt when Jesus said, son, your faith has made you whole. And he received his son. I wonder if the woman at the well came to Peter and said, I think, I think that's the living water that Jesus was talking about. I think this is a, whoa, Jesus. I wonder if the little boy that was there when Jesus fed 5,000, I wonder if he said, you know what? I think this is the same power that was on my leftovers when I left that lunch. This is good news. This is one of the greatest stories that's ever been told. Not only does He love you, not only did He wash you in His blood, but He says, hey, I got more for you. I wanna plug you into my spirit. I wanna pour provision and blessing and favour. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Well, praise God. Silver and gold have I not, but such as I have. See these hands? They're just like your hands. These are, these are instruments of the supernatural. The Bible says when we lay these on sick bodies, they, they've got to come in a divine order. So this is my instrument. Moses had a stick. David had a rock and he had a rag. I've got a hand. But what I do know is that when I'm connected with the Spirit of God and there's an anointing that comes on me just the same as it comes on you, that when that person I pray for comes with faith and their faith and the anointing that is carried by a vessel collide at that point of contact, that is when power is given permission to access some receiver. And that's why it's no coincidence that he said here that the blind man sat there, he looked at them and he was expecting to receive something from them. You know, the funny thing was, I think he was expecting just enough money to get through the day. But when you start to expect in the anointing, you, you might find that you receive more than you even believe. I mean, you thought you came in faith and you thought, yeah, I'm gonna get blessed today. You, didn't, you might even get blessed, healed, set free, delivered, chained. Expecting, 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 expecting. If I bought a lamp and plugged it into this little socket right here and put it right there, I can look at that lamp. I can say, lamp in Jesus' name, turn on right now. And it wouldn't turn on. If Dr. Murdoch said it to the lamp, I think the lamp would, would turn on. But, but if I said it to the lamp, it wouldn't turn on. But if I reach down and just flick that switch, I, I, I place a demand on the current. I, I, I draw through expectation or, or through flicking the switch of expectation on the power to light that thing. And there's a lot of Christians that forget that principle when we come to church. When we come to church, don't just plug in and sit down and get comfortable and, and, and think, you know, I'm just going to chill out for a little while. Some of you might ho hope no one's playing Angry Birds on their iPads today. But, but he, here's the thing. Don't just plug in, flick the switch and say, you know what? I'm going to get something from heaven this morning. Because here's the deal. You're going to hit Monday tomorrow and you need more than just a couple of 
you know, just a few songs going through your mind. Man, we need to face this world with the power of God. He says they're all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues. I, I'm a passionate believer in my prayer language. And it's not so I can look spiritual. I pray in tongues all the time. I pray when I'm driving. And you know, I keep my earpiece in just so the guys next to me don't think I've lost my mind. Tongues is the gateway to the supernatural. Praying in tongues, you speak mysteries. The devil can't penetrate those, those mysteries. It's none of his business. What comes out of your spirit, pff, direct to heaven. I mean, you've got that cone of silence, you know. I love praying in tongues. I love praying in the spirit. I love to stir up rivers on the inside of me because I know when, you know, I've faced some tough times and, and challenges, I'm sure right now, you, there's people in this room that are facing more than I've ever faced, but here's, here's the thing, you can take a moment, you can just begin to pray in the Spirit. You can David danced because he had God in a box. We danced and we're trying to put him back in that box. Jesus paid a big price to get him out of the box, you know. So I don't, want to be, I don't want to be the kind of Pentecostal that says, you know, we'll just keep the gifts for another day. The Bible says the manifestation of the Spirit profits all. I mean, you want to build faith in this room? Pray in the Spirit, worship God, man. Oh, Jesus. I'm, I, I think I'm having a good time this morning. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I'm Assembly of God. I was raised Assembly of God. I mean, this... I was right, I'm the son of an evangelist. My dad is an old-time tent revivalist who travels Australia, and, and he's a phenomenal preacher. He preaches all over our country and, and uh, is a great blessing. He was, I mean, we were raising this. We used to drive in our car and just drive all over Australia and do crusades. So, I mean, we saw this stuff. I, I mean, the power of God. I've seen, I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. I've seen people hit by the power of God, slain in the spirit. Every, I mean, every time we'd have church. And that, this was just normal. And so, and so for some, it's like, you know, it's very rare. For me, it's just kind of normal. I'm the only kid that I know of that had friends come over from school and we'd walk in the front door and there's my parents laying hands on somebody, casting out a devil out of them. And they're like, wow, you know, and I'm thinking, Lord, what's my friend going to think? I turn around, my friend's gone. I get to school the next day and he goes, man, creepy things happen in your house. And he said, he said to me, why don't we just be at school friends, not at your house friends? I was like, fair enough. I mean, I'm the only kid that you know that for his sixth birthday was given an overhead projector. I mean, I'd set that thing up in my bedroom. I'd have the, the screen on the wall. I'd put the words. I mean, these, not these nice projectors. I mean, the old time ones, you know, that you write the, somewhere between the redemptional hymnal and that was overhead projector. And so we'd get the words up there and, and I'd have my teddies. They were, they were ready to praise God, man. We, 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 just, we had church. I'd lay hands on them. The power of God would hit them, pick them up, pray for them again. The power of God. We, I mean, the, the fire of God had fallen in that place. I'd baptize them in the bathroom sink. Their eyes would fall off. My mum would sew the eye back on and we would testify to the healing power of God. You know the sad thing about that story? 
It's true. I gave them, we had regular communion services. Every one of my teddy bears had red stains all around their mouth. But you know, I grew up in Pentecost. I'm serving God because He saved me and He filled me with His Spirit. I can tell you the moments where I had an encounter with God. And it doesn't make you super spiritual or super spooky. It makes you supernatural. And there's a difference. I mean, you can't pray for people like, Lord, you see this sickness and if it be thy will, you know, touch them. I don't pray like that. I say, God, in the name of Jesus, lose this person, right? Set him free. Get out of him, you foul thing. In Jesus, let the healing power of God flow. Somebody say, well, how do you know what his will is? Well, the Bible says it is his will. He says, I'm not just able, I'm willing. By my, I mean, he didn't take those stripes for nothing, you know. Silver and gold, the things of this world, I do not have. But such as I have. Well, you don't know what I'm dealing with, Pastor David. Can I tell you something? Silver and gold you might not have. In global economically tough times, silver and gold you might not have. But such as you do have. By the way, this is a pretty incredible church. You are, you are rather blessed. You are... You might be in this place today. I'm going to pray for two groups of people. And I wanted to share some more stuff, but I, I, I have run out of time. But, but, but I want to give you an opportunity to find Jesus Christ. If you're not born again by the Spirit of God, if you're not saved and you don't know Christ as your Lord and as your Savior today, He, he arranged this moment. You might think you came to church by your own choosing. He, he, he had a plan. And that was to reach you at your point of need and, and, and introduce himself to you. You might be in this place and you don't know Christ, you don't know Jesus. You say, David, I've been in the service today. They started singing. By the way, if the worship team could do Healer, that would be, that would be awesome. The song Healer that we did before, is that okay? And uh, you might be in this place today and you say, hey, you know, I think I, I, want, I want to get saved. I, there's something in this room that I sense. And you might say, well, I saw the people are nice. Yeah, they're very nice. They're wonderful. But it's not that that's drawn you. It's not that that's touching your heart right now. It's not the food that you're going to eat afterwards. It's not the, the beauty of this room. What's, it, what, what's going to touch you? And what has touched you is the presence of Jesus Christ. You might be in this place while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you'd say, David, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Maybe you've never found him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you have and you've walked away. But you'd say, David, today, right now, I want to give my heart to him. I want to get my life right with God. I want to serve him. I want to give my heart to Jesus. If you're sitting in this room right now and you do not know Christ, and you say, but I want to, I want to meet him right now. I want to get saved by the grace of God. Going to church does not make you a Christian, but having a relationship with Jesus Christ does, confessing him, knowing him, serving him, giving your life to him. If you're in this place and you say, David, pray for me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Every person, please. If you'd say, pray for me, just lift up your hand where you are. I want to pray for you. Is there any person here today that would say, David, God bless you, sir. That's fantastic. Is there anybody else? God bless you, ma'am. That's wonderful. Is there anybody else here today that would say, David, pray for me. Oh, God bless you, sister. So proud of you. God bless you, sister. That's wonderful. Is there anybody else that would say, David, pray for me. I want to, God bless you back there, ma'am. We love you. 
We love you. God bless you. Thank you. You can put your hand down once I've seen it. Is there anybody else that say, David, I want to respond today. I want to get saved. I want God bless you, sweetheart. That's the best thing you're ever going to do in your whole life. Is there anybody else? Jesus isn't on auction. We're not going to go, do I have another hand? Do I have another hand? We just want to move on. God bless you over there. So proud. God bless you there too. You can put your hand down. We're so proud of you. God bless you, sir. That's wonderful. God bless you, sister. Anyone on my right? Is there anyone over here that would say, Dave, would you pray for me? I want to introduce you to my best friend, Jesus. If you lifted your hand in just a moment, we're going to open this altar and we're going to pray for you. But firstly, I'm just going to ask everybody, and this is not the cutest sort of sneak out, unless Dr. Murdoch wants to dismiss the service, but just in this specific moment, can we stand and just stay in the service? But let's all stand. Every person, if you can. If you, if you lifted your hand, maybe it was to get saved for the first time or it was to come back to Christ. If you lifted your hand and you say, David, I really want to give my heart to Jesus. Maybe it's for the first time. Maybe you're coming back to God. But those that lifted their hands, I, I know Fort Worth is enough. I know Texans enough to know that you're not, you're not afraid to make a stand. You're not afraid to be who you're meant to be. And if that's you and you lifted your hand, can I ask you to step out of your seat and make your way up the aisle and just come and stand in front of this platform facing me. You don't need to face all of the people. They can be quite intimidating. But if you lifted your hand, just come. Church, just give them a huge hand as they come. I mean, we should, we should get excited about Jesus right now. People are coming all over this place. We'll give you time. Just come. Just come. Oh, Jesus. Jesus.